This is a HeadGum Podcast. It's that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. With Craig Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap today. You've been tweeting about it. You've been talking about it. You've been AOL instant messaging about it. It is the one, the only, Seth Reese back to watch Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Welcome. Hello, Seth. Thank you for having me out here. So... This is the first time we've done this in Los Angeles. Yeah, and you flew out for this. For this. And the fact of the matter is, the Sunset Strip is two miles away. Wait, and can we also be truthful here? You're staying on the Sunset Strip. I am staying on the Sunset Strip. And you did that as sort of a, like a Mecca. Well, it's like, sometimes you just have to go home. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. And I feel a sense of warmth on the Sunset Strip, right. I feel as if that's where I'm meant to be. Yes. And it has just been such a wonderful experience. You look uh, good. Be, thank you very much. Can we, let's back up for somebody who is a new listener. Yeah. Seth, and if you are, where have you been? Pause this and go back because <laughs> there are a couple episodes here that you need that that will shine some light on what we're talking about. Basically, first of all, Seth is a hilarious comedy writer. You know him from Late Night with Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and or you don't, or you don't, or you might know him from a lot of things, but you don't, or, or you do, and you don't, or you don't. Um, but you are a huge fan of Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip, a short, very short-lived, uh, twenty-two hours of television. Uh, that happened in, I think, 2006. 2006, which was an Aaron Sorkin show um, about behind the scenes of a, of a show strikingly similar to SNL. To Saturday Night Live. And the show is called, the sketch show that it dramatizes is called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. And um, basically, I've been doing a fake Twitter account for... <laughs> It's got to be, what, like four years? Well, I think it's longer. I think it might be like five years or something. I do a fake Twitter account called Matt Albee 60. And you don't have a regular Twitter account. I do not. You only have Matt Albee 60. I only have Matt Albee 60. So Matt Albee was, he's the head writer of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, and it's the character played by Matthew Perry. An interesting update to the Twitter account. So one day, um... I suddenly got a ton of followers Okay. and I kept on getting a ton of followers. Like I would go back on Twitter and all of a sudden 50 new followers, Wow. all of them with weird Arabic names and like Arabic handles. What's the difference between a weird Arabic name and a normal Arabic name? The a normal Arabic name are people who are real and the weird Arabic names are, are bots uh-huh. or people who are, um, trying to infiltrate my Studio 60 Twitter account to commit terrorist acts. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Allegations being thrown. I got, I would say, 15,000 new followers. Wow, that's amazing. And I actually sent an email to Twitter saying, this is happening. Um, (laughs) You were like, Studio 60 is under attack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Somebody's trying to attack Studio 60 with a dirty bomb and nobody's doing anything about it. But I had sent an email to Twitter. I'm like, look, like in the past two days, I've gotten 20,000 or not even 20, but like 15,000 new followers. They all have like sort of Arabic names and I don't think they're real. Could you like help me out? Because I, I don't want follower inflation. Right. You I want are. an accurate portrait. Like this, like Craig, I'll this be honest with you. This is all you have. This is not a 23K follower account. Right. How many followers do you have? It's like 23,000 right, right now. Right, right, right. But I think in reality, it's like eight tops. Which is, which is. That's where it should be. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> It shouldn't yeah. be more it's than that. It's a niche. It's a niche. I mean, God, if it, if it hits a genuine 10K, I'm out because sometimes like, and also. That's a lot of pressure. Not to be racist, but. You hate black people. But I, I, I dislike them, but a lot. And I don't want you to edit that out. Okay. I want you to keep that in. <laughs> okay. So, but not to be racist, but when I see, when I first thought something was up, 
and I see like 25 Arabic like followers come like appear for this fake Twitter account about a fake about a fake sketch comedy show. And, you know, I sort of wonder like, what are they in this for? Right. Are they in this for like the meta joke of? Uh, <laughs> and then. Then more and more, I'm like, oh, this isn't real. Right, right, right. Like, there isn't, Studio 60 just didn't some, suddenly become huge in, uh, like, Kabul or something. Right. <laughs> like, um, or Kabul, however you want to say it. Whatever you want to say, it's up to you. Uh, recently, the victim of the suicide bombing. So, um, thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. So, like, it was going to come up eventually. Totally. I mean, when you talk about Studio 60, a lot of things come up love, hate, terrorism. Polo, like a lot of a, global politics, a lot of geopolitical stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that so now I have like I have this inflated Wait, did, number. So did Twitter write you back to you? It, no, they never got back to me. Wow, it did stop eventually, but they never got back to me. Maybe Studio Sixty just like went on a channel, like all of a sudden, if they just got the rights to it and somewhere like that. And I wish I could yes and this, but it did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It did not. That's so crazy. Studio 60 isn't going on any channel. So you've been doing a very, this bit Twitter account. Yes. Pretty much nonstop. I mean, you know, not not that you've been constantly tweeting, but right. you've been tweeting this handle. I tweeted today. To a small, I mean, I guess it's more than I have, and I, I tweet sometimes, so I'm not downplaying it, but it's such a very specific thing. Yes. And it shows that your love for this show, your commitment to it, is is just it's always there. Well, I also hate the show. We've yeah, talked about this we've before. talked about this before. But Ooh, we also have one more n- new Aaron Sorkin thing to talk about with the Steve Jobs movie. Oh yes, we can talk. We can. Love to. Let's put um, a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that. <laughs> put a pin in that. Surprisingly, not a line of dialogue in Studio Sixty. <laughs> um, no. Uh, the, so what I actually do like about the Twitter account, I love the seriousness, the self-seriousness about it. Right. That is just funny to me. Yeah. What it, I, it could have also, it could have been anything. It could have not been Studio 60. It could have been something else. But the self-seriousness of it is what really sustains it. Not really my love of Studio sure, 60 sure, so much sure. as like the love of a character who is like very serious about comedy. And I am serious about comedy, but like to take it to like the fifth power right. is really fun for me. Yeah, it's great. Um, and so that's why I keep doing it. It's just fun to be like that type of guy. You're that. You're that dude, man. Unfortunately, you're the. That's pretty much your legacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in my in my uh, in my um, obituary, Seth Reese, creator of Matt Alby sixty, is what <laughs> they always say. Like what you you put the most important thing be, between the commas. Right. It's like the name, comma, what they did, comma, blah 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 blah, uh, blah died, blah blah. blah. He was 64. <laughs> he was 64, and he was still tweeting. And he was <laughs> in his deathbed. He said, how can we make this fit into the Twitter account? <laughs> we need to find a way. Met- oh, I, I, The tweet would be, I might be dying, but sketched comedy never will. Wow, yeah. That would be the tweet. That's pretty good. You should cue that up in your drafts, and then you, you leave I- a note. Uh, you leave in a lo- uh, some sort of thing so when people look through your phone when you do die that it says go to my drafts if i could unleash upon the world the genius in my drafts folder oh my god i think it would end wow the world would end wow because they would be untapped everybody would be like oh my what is this unfiltered just did this raw just raw and raw it's funny it's truthful (laughs) It's it's hands in the dirt, excellence. But say, but put the word too before that. Too raw. It's too, too too truthful. truthful. So too that's why that's why I haven't been able. Yeah. So like whenever I take a draft of a tweet, I t- I detruth it. Right. I de-raw it. So right. it's so it's able to be consumed. Detruth in comedy. Yeah, de-truth. That's, <laughs> that's what that's what we all know. Uh, detruth in comedy is the parody of Del Close's book that sells four copies. Yeah, I. But have, somebody writes it and thinks it's very funny. But I have one copy of it. Yeah. So, all right. So we're, so we've done, so you've been on this podcast. You think this is the fourth time. You're probably right. I didn't look it up because I'm too lazy. When I knew I was coming out to Los Angeles. When you planned to because of this. Because of this, I texted you and was like, I'm coming out to LA. We need to do another one. Yes. I'm like, 
Honestly, like well, we're, we've decided that we seriously did decide no matter what. And even when the podcast, if it does not exist, we'll do one a year. And we did. I was on hiatus. I didn't do a, a, right. it's that episode for a year and a half. But we did do uh, an, uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. So this is we're keeping that alive. Keeping that sure. alive. And I actually had a very intense debate in my mind because like I wanted to do the finale episode. Mm. But I'm like, no. I have we have to do the finale on the last time we do this the 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 last it's okay. that episode. Did we start so with did we start with the uh We didn't start with the first one. Cuz I and think I think jumping. we made the the I think the last year we decided we're going to jump around no matter what. Yeah. So the first one we did was Friday Night Slaughter. The second one we did was uh I believe the pilot. The third one we did was Cold Open. Right. And we're going to do the rap party this time around. And if all if all goes according to plan, I believe in 18 years I will be 51 years old. Okay, I'll be 50. And then we'll we'll have done this. We'll have completed it. Should we add like an element like on our 50th we should like also do meth or something, you know, like like <laughs> just just like something that's like we finished it and we also have to like we're we're going skydiving. You know what I mean? Uh let's do skydiving. Skydiving sounds good. Let's do skydiving and let's record the first part of the podcast via while we're skydiving. That'd be um, unbelievable. Let's do that. While we're in the plane. Let's do it. Well okay. here this is what we do. It's the first part is while we're in the plane. Yeah. Then we it's hard. We watch the episode after we land. After we land. <laughs> and then we record. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I think that's great. Because that will be the definitely the... By the way, because one of my biggest fear, one of the biggest horrifying deaths for me is you go skydiving in the parachute. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because... Why? Why you're, do you think? You're, uh, you're awake the whole time. You have a ton of time you to think about time, right? uh, that you're going to die and all the people you'll miss and yeah. all the things you'll never do again. You have so many, just so much time to think about that. And not only that, you have time to think about whether or not when your body hits the ground, is this going to hurt for a second? You know you're going to die, but will there be like a millisecond where you feel the worst kind of pain you've ever felt in your entire life? Alternatively, you could be at peace. And just be like, I know it's coming to an end. No, I won't. No, be. there's no way. There's no, <laughs> no way that would ever. No, it's no, not it's at all. Pure, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if you do feel pain. I think you'd probably just. You I, splatter, but is there a millisecond? I think you must hit a certain velocity where you pass out. That's what everyone thinks, and I don't think it's true. Whoa, your science. I don't think it's true. I think people like to comfort themselves thinking that they'll pass out, but I don't think they do. All right. So why the rap party? I mean, obviously, one of the reasons is because we have to watch every single episode. <laughs> but um, why, why, what, what's so special about this one? Well, I think this one, if you were watching this show, I think this is the episode where you got the sort of idea that, oh, this is going to be a bad television program. Okay. So this is episode number... Six. 21. <laughs> um, th this yeah. is what it said. This is the, should I read the write-up? Uh, it's a little sure. bit long, but it says, the, when the beleaguered executive producer of a, long, of a long-running late show, we know what the sketch comedy show, series interrupts the broadcast and has, what, what no, this is about the whole thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's this an overall is, summary. This is an overall summary. We don't need this bullshit. So, why, so what's going to, what are we looking for in this? There's episode? a lot of stuff in this episode where the show everyone's taking themselves super seriously. There's also a lot of romanticizing show business mm -hmm. in this episode in like a very on the nose way. Um, that's pathetic. And they want, they, they, they wanted to make it very dramatic and beautiful. And it just comes off as dumb. And like, that's kind of the, the show is missing the mark. And as I think that sort of does. As it does. And I think that's sort of like, it never really gets back to hitting the mark if it ever did. But like this, this is the episode where, oh, this is going to be, uh, if there's 18 more of these, it's, it might be bad. And this is right before a two-parter. This like cues up a two-parter. Um, right. Cause I mean, it, not that it sets it up, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's a two part. Well, and that, the, and those are ballsy, insane. A ballsy choice. If your show is good. Right. to do two parts sort of away from the show and like it's a cool idea but because it's bad now 
now it's like, oh, not only have we lost momentum because it's bad, we've also lost momentum because we're not really even in the studio. Right. And you you watched the show when it was airing, right? Yep. Do you think that this is around? I mean, it was sort of known that this was bad, or were you? I mean, I no, I was still. This was about ten years ago. I was still tricking myself into thinking that this was great. So this and so maybe this maybe solidified it a little bit of like. Uh, it solidified it on the rewatching okay. during the first, the first watching. I was You're like, "This gay. is excellent. Aaron Sorkin is great. He can do no wrong. I love this television program." Um. So, without further ado, why don't we just watch it? Please enjoy the rap party, people. The rap party. On we found it on iTunes. After the war, radio gave way to television. The first show here was called the MBS Philco Comedy Hour, which no one's ever heard of because it had the misfortune of being programmed first against the Colgate Comedy Hour and then the Texaco Star Theater. Then it was canceled after its cast and writing staff were decimated by the blacklist. In 1959, NBS renamed the theater in honor of its most famous tenant, and the Addison became Studio 60. You got a question? Yeah. When did you become an interior decorator? Dad, Art Deco I'm just telling you a story, Dad. I'm trying to take your mind off of it. That's what I do. Okay, I don't want you to fight. Tell me, tell us how you put the skits together. We don't do skits, Mom. Skits are when the football players dress up as the cheerleaders and think it's wit. Sketches are when some of the best minds in comedy come together and put on a national television show that's watched and talked about by millions of people. Don't you talk to your mother like that. I'm trying to tell you you're standing in the middle of the Paris Opera House of American Television. Well, that's swell, Tom, but your little brother is standing in the middle of Afghanistan. I think we're both um, wiping the tears off our eyes. Well, I have a question, Craig. Yes. Now that you've watched this episode, yeah. How unwilling are you to continue uh, this tradition that we've set this out? This one is. This one, <laughs> I really actually highly recommend watching this one. If you haven't watched any of the other ones, this one because I remember this one. I have right. seen this one, and it has my favorite. I think my favorite thing in the whole series is tom um rob uh, not rob cordry um uh um a uh, nate cordry nate cordry yeah. who's a very funny man who follows my twitter account well so he's a fan <laughs> so he maybe yeah. he's listening he's great his character has to his character just has the best dialogue of any of the episodes here he he He's his parents come to see his show. This yeah. whole thing takes place during the rap party, and his parents come to see the show, and he give, he's giving them a tour of the theater, and he's giving them the history of the theater and the history of American comedy to the extent that he has to describe to his mom and dad who Abbott and Costello are. And that's the thing. It's like they're from Columbus, Ohio. They're not from like they're not from. I don't know, Madagascar. Yeah, like, like they're not. <laughs> everybody of that age also, Abbott and Costello were the only television comedians. Like their show was watched by everyone. Like even if you didn't watch it, right. you knew it. They were the one of the, they were comedy movies were the hits. Right. And and uh he explains to them he starts to explain to them who's on first, the comedy sketch which is like the ubiquitous comedy sketch like if you don't know anybody and you say who's on first, I mean, if you know nothing about comedy, right. you've heard of that. Right. And the parents are, not only are they not knowledgeable about it, but they're not impressed by his success on the show <laughs> or his, just his knowledge. Like, he knows, if you know any that much about any subject, like, right. you're an impressive person. Well, it, but also, and the it, this the scene does an excellent job of also making... Nate Corgi's character come off as an unlikable prick. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, cause, because also it's kind of like know your audience. Yeah. Like your parents, clearly you've, you've had your parents for close to 30 years. Yes. And you probably know by now that they don't care about this. They don't give a shit. And as you see that on their faces, probably best to just like kind of get some food and call it a night. Yeah, exactly. Just eat something, maybe bring one friend along to... But for it a little bit. This also has one of the best parts in the entire series where uh, Tom Jeter, Nate Cordry's character, um, says they're not skits. Oh, that is skits are what the high school football team puts on in front of the class and they dress up like cheerleaders and call that wit. These are sketches. Sketches are when the most brilliant minds in comedy come together and put on uh, like a brilliant, you know, yeah, show. The, and it's the like the best oh. minds in comedy are like. Oh boy. And it's funny too because like 
I do hate when people say skits, but now I'm fine with it because of that I'm, line. I'm, 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 yeah, like, uh, we've, our, so my friend and your friend too, uh, Arthur Meyer, and we were in a sketch comedy group. Pangea 3000. Called Pangea 3000. And we were all, we also went to college together. We were in a sketch BU, comedy group in college. Boston BU. University. And we've sort of taken to now calling them skits. Yeah, there's something funny. There's, there's something, something fun about. and funny about Yeah, there's something fun. Like, oh, I got a little skit on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I got a little skit. A little skit show. You got a little uh, skit competition going yeah, and on. And I would guess. say that most people do call them skits. Like yeah. my sister, if I'll send her something from our show, she'd be like, I really like the skit. Great. And uh, and then I say, Rachel, it's a, it's a sketch, you dumb piece of dog shit. <laughs> you you dumb idiot. You dumb middle America piece of garbage. A sketch is when the greatest minds in comedy come together. God, what an ego also like to be saying yeah. that to your fucking parents. Ugh. Like awful. No, and no nobody really looks like the parents like are the parents are also huge. So so the, the I, thing I don't that, I don't throw this word around a lot. I think it's bad, but I think the parents are written kind of retarded. <laughs> well well they no, no, no. I think I think <laughs> you're saying you're saying that in sort of the way that it's like they are there's something Vacant, like yeah, they, they're yes. like they, they don't, they don't like. They're he, like he, they're not high functioning. They're like. they're very low. Like they don't understand things. Like so, here's one of the things that we learned through the episode is that uh, Tom Jeter's younger brother is in Afghanistan fighting. In Mark, the his father calls him Mark at one point. Right. He so clearly, he's hung up on it. So so we learned that. And we know that Tom Jeter is a great brother. He's sending, with his money, he makes enough money. He's sending money. armor. He's sending armor over to <laughs> Afghanistan. And at the end, his dad says to him at the end of the conversation, do you need any money? Like, yeah. so it's, it's there's some, there's a problem there. There's yeah. like an issue with- Well, well I will I will say to, to their defense, the do you need any money was, I think, an attempt- To a, a to, loving a loving thing. Yeah, his way of saying I love To humanize them and to humanize them and say, like in the end, he could be- very successful, but ultimately he still is. Tom could be very successful, but ultimately he still has a father. But he could have said, "You did good tonight," and that would have been served the same function. That's true. The fact that he said, "Do you need money?" is uh, like a little bit strange. Also, uh, this episode has a Sorkinism that's he uses a lot, which I believe was in Social Network, and I think it's been another where Tom Jeter says that he could, all right, mm -hmm. buy their parents' house four times over and turn it into their turn it into his ping pong room which is uh, a great line which is a great line but also he's he's used, used it multiple times we've talked about this before but yeah. a sorkin there's a great uh, youtube video there are probably more than one collecting sorkinisms yeah where, uh, um, we don't need to rehash that no we don't need to rehash that but i think in terms of the show like in terms of what can we do new for the fans what do the fans That's want each there's we, gonna be there's gonna be 18 more of these. You know, I so think how, ne next time we should do a stunt thing like a like a jumping out of a play. There should be some element every couple times. Should we there. should try to get Bradley Whitford in for one of these. That let's do it. We should send like, we should send Bradley Whitford all four of these, and I bet I bet he'd be into coming. I feel like we probably know people who are friendly with Nate Cordry. We could probably uh, get yeah, we, probably we get, know people. Um, we could probably pull a couple strings and maybe. I mean, get, my my uncle's Bradley Whitford, and my. Dad is Matthew Perry. Tom Petty. <laughs> Tom Petty. <laughs> so he could call yeah. out a couple. Yeah. So, so he knows Sam Smith, who ripped a song from Tom Petty. Sam Smith ripped a song. So th that 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 storyline is to me what makes the show so great in its badness is, and I think what you love about it is the like how serious they're taking comedy. Yeah. And um and I was saying to you while it was happening when he, they're having this moment between the dad, uh, the final moment between the dad and Tom Jeter, the music swells in a way that you do it got feel. You. you you really it like got you. you you do feel the feelings like, and you unironically sort of feel it. And I have to say that that's on. I see on all of Sorkin's stuff the name W. G. Snuffy Walden is uh -huh. the guy who does the music. They do a job. good job of hitting those those emotional marks on the right lines, and you're like, I feel it, even All, though it's like, sort of this garbage. show is nothing but professional. Like yes. the cinematography is excellent. Yeah. Uh, it looks great. There's there are storytelling devices in the in this episode, which is annoying and maybe could be called like a piece of shit, but like. There's storytelling devices in it that are really cool. Like, I think the baseball thing with him signing the baseball, like, so, yeah, so foreshadowed in the beginning that 
she he, that uh, this Darren Wells signed a bat for Harriet. Harriet number on her. Harriet, yeah, on her. Harriet is now sort of uh, her storyline is that she almost kissed Matt Albee in the last episode, and and in this episode she's invited a baseball player to the after party right. because he signed a baseball bat for her and wrote his phone number. And so when Jordan gives um, Jordan, hey, look, what's Jordan's last name? Jordan McDear. Uh, when she gets a baseball signed by him, he also puts his number on it. Right, and um, and so we we that's smart. we learn that he's an asshole. We learn that he's a complete asshole. It's good, right? I mean, there's, it is. It, I, I mean, feel he's like it's, not a bad writer. He's, he's, he's a, a great, good writer. He's a great writer. <laughs> he's a really but great writer. I feel writer. like it's like, <clears throat> like the form of it is really good. Like like they do what five six storylines, and they're yeah. all very competent. Like yeah, they they like the. The structure is there. Yeah. Everything feels good. Like they hit all the notes when they should, and yeah. and the climaxes of ones. It's kind, of it's just kind of like other. the choices of what the stories are are kind of wrong. Like the old man played by Eli Wallach, played by Eli Wallach, whose name is like e- Eli, Eli Wine, Eli Wallachberg. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they're uh, like. There's he so only, much. He's like, Eli's going to do the show. He wants to do the show. His only thing is, his name has to be Eli. <laughs> there are, uh, I would say, the number of Jew names in this A episode. A lot of Jewish names. High. High. Quotient is very high for Jew names in this yes. episode. Um, and Because we're talking about old-time comedy. Talking about old-time comedy, and it's run by those people, those, I'll just say it, those rat people aka us aka us but like obviously aaron sorkin wanted to do a thing where he really kind of romanticized and told the story of like old hollywood old like the the colgate comedy hour and all that kind of stuff and he so he he wanted to tell the story kind of through this older man but that choice ends up lending itself to a very lame story it's so basically and like this, schmaltzy and it's bad it's bad it's eli bad. wallach is sort of uh he's stolen a fo- this is again the whole thing takes place during the rap party he's stumbling around eli wallach an elderly man eli wallachberg and then he takes a a, a photo off the wall he's a and, thief. and he's being thrown. he's a jew thief he's being <laughs> doing what they do yeah. um and he let me steal this from you <laughs> and then i'll lend you something <laughs> Um, he's being thrown out, and then what's the character's name who uh, stops him from being thrown Cal out? Cal Shanley. Cal Shanley, who is the uh, director? He's the director, yeah. He's the director. He's the take one guy. B- what is that? Camera one, take one, cut two, take two. Take who? Hey, ha, <laughs> hoo, ha, ha. Um, he stops them, and he... He's Craig, being... I just let me stop you real fast. Yes. The object... The, the, this podcast yes. is... People are supposed to watch this episode. But they're not going. <laughs> but wait a minute. I don't want you to you're, explain you're, everything. The if people didn't watch this episode, they should to suffer. all your listeners, fuck you. <laughs> you know the format of this show. You're supposed to fucking watch the fucking episode. Whoa! And man. if you didn't, you can go to hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. You can go to hell. Um. Anyway, so what happened? So was- what happened? <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, um, Cal Shanley stops him being th- being thrown out. He's very nice to him throughout the episode. He's and very nice to the Alzheimer man. To the Alzheimer man, <laughs> and he. <laughs> And then by the end, we find out that he's not just doing random ramblings. He didn't just take this photo off the wall for no reason. He's in the photo. He was a f- freshman writer for the Pilco. Two uh, two episodes now in this series where people find themselves in the photo. Oh, right. That's yeah. because Matt Albee is yeah. right. Um, the f- and I will say this. Uh, oh, but the, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, really? Put a pin in it. Do you remember what you're going to remember? Uh, what I was going to remember was... Oh, shoot. I kind of forget. Shit. Oh, my God. Keep. what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, so they find out that he was a writer on this old show, and he calls in uh, Matt Albee and... Um, and uh, Danny Tripp. Dan- Danny Tripp, the executive producers and head writers of the show. And they're like, tell you me wrote everything. for the comedy hour? Can we put aside three or four hours so you can tell us everything? This man now, wants to go to bed. First off, this man was having an episode. He wandered away. He wandered away. He is an elderly He's man. A- it's mi- after midnight, obviously. There, this is a problem. Like, so if you're you're a f- comedy fan. Sure. I'm a comedy fan. Well. Okay. 
Let's just for argument's okay. sake. I'm a comedy fan. Okay. If we're at an after party for a show that we worked at, which is a lot of stress, and afterwards we're introduced to this old guy, we'd probably be like, "Yeah, great." <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you, you, no, no, no I would be, you, I, you, I actually be wouldn't like, mind it. You, no, oh, you'd be super into it, but you wouldn't. It wouldn't be the t- appropriate time to be like, "Let's set aside three or four hours." You'd this be like, is, "This might be where you and I back. This might be where you and I back." Can we invite you back? Yeah, I don't know. Something the party looked a little too loud for me, so I guess uh, right. being with the old man might be fine. I will. There's one. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say. I don't care about Hollywood ten stuff anymore. Really? I don't care about. See, black. that's where we. That's where we did. I don't care. Really? I, I, I know it's a big deal. How How is that not? Because I don't care about it being drunk. I don't care anymore. It's not interesting it's like, to you. It, it's reached like Holocaust movie level for me. No, it has. What, it has. In what? Like Trumbo. Like all, what else? Even uh, Hail Caesar has Hollywood tenant. Like I feel like it's such a goat. Like if we're gonna talk about old Hollywood, you gotta talk about the blacklist. And it's like I don't care anymore. And I don't. I know it's interesting. I don't care. The Holocaust is interesting. <laughs> Oh my lord! But I don't care to watch another movie about the Holocaust because I don't. Th- I know it's bad, and I know what happened. <laughs> like I don't care. This is where I disagree. I'll watch <laughs> every Holocaust movie. More. Let's make more. Ugh. And and uh, and Hollywood Ten. All that stuff is super interesting. I don't sure. Think it's, I'd rather watch a documentary about it. Okay. Then let's I don't want to do watch more like oh the dog. Let's, How many we, movies are there? There aren't that many. I can't name that many. I don't know. Chris you name you not name <laughs> you, not not really. You name two the two movies. There's other there's other ones like also like the witch hunt, the communist witch hunt. Eugene McCarthy, uh, Joe McCarthy. I don't care. Wow. I don't care anymore. You heard it here first. Yeah, I don't care anymore about it. He doesn't give a shit. Nope. It doesn't. I'm not interested in it. I'm not going to read right, that. Well, it. after we're done, I'm not going to invite That's you. That's that movie watch. Trumbo came out. I was like, I'm not going to watch Trumbo this. Trumbo is good. I know it's good. If people like it, I'm not going to watch it. Okay. Hey, that's fine. You were blacklisted, bud. Shouldn't have been a communist. Next. <laughs> you should have been a communist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next. Um, what other story? Oh, so this was actually, I feel like there are elements of this storyline that were pretty good at the beginning. And then it got bad was like the diversity one. Yeah. I so- feel like that started off like a strong start to that storyline and like oh this is interesting this is like something that actually ma- like matters in comedy yeah and then they sort of then well, it, it really fell well also i i did i do like the part where um and i was talking uh, about this episode with someone else recently recently oh Lord. oh yeah i was talking with um one of our one of our writers at late night uh Ben Warheit, because he just started watching it. Mm-hmm. He started watching Zoo 60. And he mentioned the part where Matt is worried that he's not writing well enough for Simon. Right. And I like that. Simon scene. is a African-American. Guy. Simon is black man. Right. Matt is white man. <laughs> right. And, and white man is worried he's not writing well enough for black man because he wants to write for black man good. Right. And, <laughs> and that moment, I think, is very good. Um, it's, I think it's honest and cool. Well, he's also super egotistical in this, yeah. in this sense that he says, uh, he, I don't, he basically says <clears throat> he doesn't need any other writers at all, right. that he does everything, which right. is, which is insanity. Right. Well, which is also like Aaron, His, Sork, Aaron right. Sorkin wrote the West Wing all by himself. And, um, so, but then they go to this comedy club. To, yeah, see, he's to see the legendary Willie Wills. Well, this is because uh, Scott Styles, Simon Styles, Simon uh, Scott Styles is in basketball. He was in NBA Jam. That's right. For the yeah, Magic, I know that. Yeah, and we got Seattle SuperSonics. Good uh, finger roll guy. In oh, NBA Jam. finger not roll. A good, not yeah. a good dunker. Not a good dunker. Small. But Three he, pointer he, finger he, roll. He guy. still do the around, arm around dunk, but he just it would it would rim rejection. Look good, yeah. Um, uh, with Magic with who? Who was he with? Not he was Amp- not with Shaq. Not with Hardaway. No, he was with Nick of, Anderson. Weird, weird year. There was a, it because was right that was before. like, and also like, there was a there was one NBA Jam where Shaq had a game license. I think he had like a licensing with another gaming company, so he couldn't be in NBA Jam. But then he was in it. Later. I played with um uh for some reason the Supersonics, which was Sean uh, Kemp. Sean and no, no, Detlef Schrempf. Oh, really? Yeah. I was a Charlotte Hornets guy. Who? So that was Larry Lonzo Johnson. Lonzo Morning and Larry Johnson. That's great. Fun. That's very fun. Very I fun. highly recommend highly it. Highly recommend it. Michael so, Jordan, but, not on NBA Jam. No code to get him. We were talking about Horace Grant and you're talking about Scottie Pippen? That's right. 
Um, so, but we're talking about Simon Styles, not Simon Styles, Styles, the black. And he's saying, and he, <laughs> you're saying it, and he's and he says, basically, his argument is, uh, there's no representation of uh, black writers. It's right. all white writers writing from. I'm a cast member. We need so some diversity. And which I thought was like, oh, okay, this is like a storyline that makes it still makes sense. Yes. And then they go to see, they go to the improv to see Willie Wills, who he's heard great things about. Right. And it's embarrassingly, um, how would you describe it? Just like stereotypical. It's very typical, like uh, black humor. Like and the difference between white people yeah. and black people are this. And the pro- and here's the problem. Willie Wills, he kills. He kills. <laughs> he does pretty good. He's not Studio 60 material because he's not smart, but he's... He's a crowd pleaser. But he's he's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, he's got the confidence and and so... And that, but the, so that, and then he's like, um, like, I'm sorry for bringing you out here. It was dumb of me. Like, and he, I was like... No, you know, it wasn't dumb. He, 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 wasn't just... dumb. he was just saying like, I'm sorry. It was a waste of your time, my time, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, he didn't know... He didn't, he didn't know, know Willie Wills was going to be bad. I was like... Willie You're Wills right. is a legend. Willie Wills is the like this. He was the next coming of Richard Pryor, for all we knew. For all we knew, but he he ended up being a bust. He was a uh, he was a big bust. But I I have recently he gone, was like Pamela Anderson, a big bust. Thank you. I recently gone to uh, the Improv to see Willie Wills, and his <laughs> uh, his set has gotten so much more polished. Raunchier though. You know what? He's actually sort of well because he recently became a father. He's starting to do a lot more like sort of nuanced right. stuff about his family. That's great. And I think Willie Wills. I like. I actually think there's a chance that he could have his own Netflix show um, pretty soon. Uh, wow, that's great! Like a ten episode. Yeah, Netflix. like a ten episode sort of like 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 an ambling I, sort of like. Yeah, I think it's called like This Is Willie, and and it's just sort of like his day to day. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. To the show? No, it's just sort of like we like sort of learn about this character through his day to day. And is it like 22 minute episodes, or are they longer? It can be whatever. Oh wow! It can be whatever. And some I think some of them are going to be really surreal and absurd, but some of them are going to be very grounded. Like Louis. Well, no, it's more you know, it's it's it's. I would I would argue not. Okay. Uh, Willie, as you know, is black, right. and Louis is not black, right? So there's but they do have some more names. They do, Willie they do, Willie. Yeah, but I look look out for uh, it's me, it's Willie coming out on Netflix. It's, it's me, it's Willie. But that was Scott Styles. We're talking about <laughs> Simon Styles. Right, we're talking about so, Simon Styles. So, <laughs> um. The end of that storyline is that they it's so absurd. I mean, it's just so absurd. They're they're oh no no no. The first is uh, that Simon Styles gives a monologue about sort of his and this is what we were talking about. So Simon Styles delivers a great well he delivers a monologue about <laughs> let's step <laughs> back. Did I say great. Let's step back. He delivers a monologue about like growing up, how he can now see his childhood home from his beautiful pool in the Hollywood Hills. Right. And he can see the area where had he gone with his boys right. to uh, jack up another, you don't need to another say boy. <laughs> you don't need to say, you can just say it in regular um, He can see the area where had he, had he committed this crime, he would be in jail right now. Because a bunch of his friends that he grew up yes. were are in jail, and and he he feels it's incumbent upon him to help these uh, up and coming black comedians, and we were talking about uh, on the same same wavelength, Tom Jeter's monologue. We were saying when they got this script, did they think this sucks or did they think this is good? I would argue they looked at it and said this is very good. Well, I think I can't wait to do this. Well, I I've, I think <clears throat> I think. For Simon Styles, yes, maybe because it's like it has meaning behind it. For for Tom Jeter, he's no, basically, I can't imagine he's basically being uh, like giving a, giving a, like a, a historical review. If there's, he was like reading a, the Wikipedia page for the Addison Theater, which yeah, is fake. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I don't think he was excited. But I, I do think. I, but I will say this: there's if you're an actor. And you see a big chunk of dialogue for you. I was going like, to say that. Yeah. I say that. That's like <laughs> That's what I great. am. Whenever I see a script with a lot of lines from my character, I'm like, all right, this I don't even a- care what this, <laughs> this says. This is awesome. Yeah. Because even if they cut a third of this, 
I'll still have a lot. My face is going to be on screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yep. I'll say gibberish. (laughs) Um, But he gives this speech, and then after he gives this sort of intense speech about, you know, not going to jail and all that, uh, uh, Matt Matt Albee, barely, barely, Matt Albee's like, wait, 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 wait. And and Scott Simon Styles is still joking around. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And they hear like this guy on stage, this intellectual, an intellectual black comedian, nerdy black comedian doing stand up, and it's just really sort of he's getting no response. Somebody in the audience even goes, "You're boring," <laughs> <laughs> which is which is which is such a funny heckle. Oh, it's great. Like that's that might even be like the worst heckle. I think I, you can't battle back because from, like you're, you're boring. boring. You're boring. You're boring. Like, it's like true. It's got to be true. Like <laughs> there's no there's no like clever there's there's nothing clever about you're boring. So there's nothing clever you can do to combat right, you're boring. No. Like you can't be like you're boring. Like no. if somebody's saying you're boring, it's like you're not entertaining me. You're boring. You're boring me. <laughs> you're boring me. Um and the, and he's his set his set Willie Wills kills. Willie Wills kills. And this guy's set blows bombs and he's talking about slavery and he's saying black slaves weren't as good because they didn't create the pyramids right slavery created the pyramids they didn't have and, a burning bush like the jews no they didn't like their slavery brand of slavery was lame was boring it was boring and matt albie watches oh and you called this before yes. minutes before it happened I, what did i whisper to you you whispered uh wait needs discipline discipline just before he says it, just needs discipline. Because Matt Albee, you see, Craig, Matt Albee can see the seeds of talent. Mm. Like like Alexander Hamilton, that through I've learned through the Hamilton musical. I've heard of the musical. I don't know the per, of the person. Well, he is... It's a hip-hop new musical. That's right. But Alexander Hamilton is this piece of coal. Mm. He's a diamond. But he's right now he's this unpolished piece of coal. Right. And that is what Matt Albee sees. He sees the potential for diamonds in this stand-up comedian that is making zero people laugh and someone who has said, You're boring out loud. You're boring. And 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 he didn't even have to say it that loud because it was so silent in the room. But Matt Albee hears him doing this set that's getting no laughs and sees the diamonds. You're boring. <laughs> You're boring. <laughs> You're boring. You're boring. But it's like if like in reality, if that happened, every black comedian in LA would be so furious. Like, oh like it would be the like that's the worst hire ever. Yeah, is also like, like if you want if they, you want a, a black comedian, maybe go a second night. Yeah, just like <laughs> it's not that's not the one like there are plenty or like set up a showcase like you run a show like there are plenty of people that want those jobs. Yeah. What a what a like what a ridiculous. Yeah, I just that's love an, that that might be that scene might be uh, an anxiety trip for someone who's like, oh, I guess it's all right place, right time. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Like, yeah, I guess it has nothing to do with talent or. Because I've been working pretty hard and I'm pretty already I have a lot of discipline and I get laughs and it's not. Yeah, I yeah. guess he's getting to write now. <laughs> He's I mean, never written a sketch in his life. Now I feel like staff that stuff must happen. It, obviously. Well, you know. Well, you know one reason it actually it absolutely does happen because people like to be the ones who discover other people. Yeah, sure, sure. They they don't when somebody. Well, you is, can sort of put your stamp on it. Yeah, when somebody is really talented, or everybody knows he's talented and is sort of like thrust upon a person. Sometimes there's a little bit of ambivalence to hire them because it's like, there's no like sparkle. There's no, like, right. it's not like an, uh, like a shiny object. It's right. like, yeah, we know it's old hat. We know they're, we know they're good. Right. We know. So we could hire them and they'd be good. That's not a fun. That's not as fun of a story as, you know, he was kind of like, still figuring it out and I knew he'd be great and we hired him and then he became great. That's a fun story to tell. Right. And, but that might only happen one in like five times. It doesn't happen. Yeah. No, it doesn't happen a ton when it does happen. It's fantastic. But I do think that people sort of see themselves in their own narrative. Right. Sure. I want to be the guy who discovers this guy before anyone else. Yeah. You know, and, and also uh, you that can pay, a lot. pay them less. Yeah. No, no, no. I really think you it's pay prestige. them dirt. You pay them dirt. You pay them 
pebble dirt, which is just the dirt on the side of a highway. But, but, but we're talking about Simon Styles, not Scott Styles. No, well, but in the cutscene for this episode, Simon Styles is making three pointers and he is an NBA jam. Oh. But with a very big head, because the big head code was... Big head code. And he's playing with Bill Clinton. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I hear in a later one you can play as the Beastie Boys. Oh, NBA Jam knew what the fuck it was doing. Dude, NBA Jam, freaking great game. Um, Don't need more than that. The other storyline in this oh, that I, wanted to, that I wanted to mention, I wrote it down. Not Jordan, the UN? Yes. Okay, so that's really funny. To me, um, <laughs> um, NBS has acquired NBS being the television station that the network course, that's that airs Studio 60 has acquired, has purchased a television drama, a one hour television drama about the UN called Nations. Now, Nations is about the UN, and Jordan, because she wants to raise the intelligence level of network television has opted to purchase nations over a reality series that would have made the station billions. Wait, can I just, that I didn't know this before, that he's writing about West Wing? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Is that possible? I don't think so because I do think... Come on, uh, there's... No, no, a drama about the White House is because... Is, total, is, is inherently different and more exciting. Right, because we, we get the, a behind-the-scenes look at, it, at something that we are enamored of. Or by, so like I think that is. But there has to be some element. Come on. Well, the, I think there's an element of like, the West Wing was a very literary program. Exactly. Yes. That uh, was not was flash in its uh, brilliant storytelling and writing, not in its like weird concept. Right. Or, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure he hated. He hates reality shows, and he has a oh yeah a feather in his cap about the West Wing. Oh yeah. You know, outdoing. You know, survive. You know, totally. Whatever. Um. So. So nations is now an MBS. How many seasons do you think nations last? Do we I, never got to see a second season of Studio Sixty. How many seasons do you think nations lasted? Is this a rhetorical question? No, I'm asking you as like just like an is observer. it still is it still on the air now? Is, is in the fictional universe of NBS is Nations still on? Is it on the same night it's been on? Did it have a successful I seven think, year I run? Don't, I don't think it did. It jump the shark. I don't after think, season eight. When, I don't like, know Kofi if it Anon even made it to that. I feel like it was so expensive because of all the actors they had to have that it might not even made it to a full full. Who do you one think season? was the lead in Nations? The lead in nations, or the League of Nations, <laughs> if you, think, you will. Who do you think was the main UN guy in nation? Like, I bet you the lead, the main UN guy was like, sort of like uh, one of the tour guides. No, like who do you think? Because it wasn't probably wasn't the UN Secretary General. Right. It's probably someone who's like behind the scenes, like maybe his secretary or like chief of staff or something like that. He Chris, would have been played Christian Slater. <laughs> Christian Slater. <laughs> Christian Slater won eight Emmy Awards for Nations. <laughs> um, Jimon Hansu was the UN Secretary General, right? From Amistad. Ah, uh, sure. Like, I'm just, I'm just casting Nations. Yeah, why not? Um, who do you think was like the very pretty interpreter? Not to be, don't say Nicole Kidman from the movie Interpreter, which was about the United Nations. No, but who do you think no, was no. like very pretty oh, interpreter? Lu- this was Lucy Liu on another show. No, this that's a good that's a good pick though. Because if she does, does she do TV? Yeah, she's on that like Sherlock Holmes show now. Okay, yeah, Lucy, Lucy Liu. Liu's great. That's Lucy a good Liu. pick because you can't you can't pick like top A listers. You have to no pick, no like, you have to yeah has yeah. To go. But who's like the one? I guess Christian Slater sort of fits the bill as like the movie star doing TV. Right, but even though it's barely like yeah. barely movie star. Yeah, but Gleaming the Cube's pretty good. Oh my God, when they make his brother commit suicide, best best suicide's the best man yo man when they force his brother to commit suicide so cool but, um yeah uh oh they so they they <clears throat> take over they jordan um mick adams what's her name jordan, jordan mcdear jordan mcdear buys uh nations but her her his her boss Jack Play, Rudolph. Played by the guy from Wings. Yes. Um, Steven is, Weber. Steven Weber is furious. Furious. And I will say, has a very funny scene. In he has. This, he where has. He's, he's just like, fight me now. I love that. I love that. I actually, 
I like his character in this show. I never not like his character in this show. Why is it? What what distinguishes it? I don't Can know. There's out? he's just funny, and then he's human in it too, and he's also like a power. He's yeah. a power. I don't know. For some odd reason, I always like his character in the show, even when but the show's at its worst. Do you worst. like Wings? I thought Wings was okay. Yeah, I watched Wings. I liked more the remake of uh, The Shining, starring Stephen. Oh Warner. my god, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was more truthful to the book, but <laughs> it's like, yeah, but uh, you had a genius make a movie, bud. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But Stephen King is a genius. It's just like another guy who's probably a bigger genius took your idea and made something. That's got to be if you're Stephen King, a big blow to the ego. If someone takes your thing right. and makes it so much. Like iconic, because The Shining is good book. It's like it's good. Stephen, have King, you read it? Steve, I've read like chunks of The Shining, okay. and like it's good. It's good, but, but it's not haunting. Like like no, the movie. Be. I mean, but like Stephen King is. I think he's awesome. I think Stephen King's really awesome, and it just happens to be that Stanley Kubrick came along and decided to do something with your brilliant work and made it. I like, think he's prolific. I've only read two of his <laughs> books, and I don't. I wasn't super into them. But, but I know what you have read. Stephen King's on writing. If you're a writer, read Stephen King's on writing. It's it's incredible. Why are you you just read that off a piece of paper? Because <laughs> I'm sponsored by it. Oh, okay. No, but seriously, if if there's anybody uh listening to this who hasn't read Stephen King's on writing, it is fantastic. You're also reading that off paper, but you just said it more Shut casually. Up, it's selling me out. I'll do it really casual. <laughs> oh man, you are you thinking, all right, man. All right, I don't know what that. Yeah, he's thinking. All right, man. You're reading it off the paper. I just can't understand. Yeah, I'm just super casual. Oh, hey, man. Oh, I used to drinking. All right, man. All right, whatever. Is there anything else you want to talk to me about in this podcast? Um, he, what did you think? We, I think last time we've talked about some of the movies. Did you see Steve Jobs? Of course. What did you think? Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I, I mean, was... saw it late night. I was, a little, you know, probably not the best time to have watched it, but uh, it was more to me. It was a play. Yeah, it, it and was, it was. It, it was a really well-written play. And a really cool way to do a biopic. Usually biopics suck. I pronounce it biopic. I know you do, and I've always hated that about you. Okay. Like, I think... Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote... Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. You are so good at giving your listeners context. Guys, isn't it nice? <laughs> Pause for them to say <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. So wait, <laughs> let me... Isn't it nice, guys? Anyway, so, so, yeah. so um, yeah, I, I thought it was really great. And like, I know a lot of people were like, like, this didn't happen this way of like all this stuff happening for all the, all these launches. Yeah, of course it didn't happen this way. That's why it's a fun, that's why it's a movie. Like I just forget. How did it end? It ended with, with the iPod or something. No, the iMac. Okay. It ends with him getting the idea for the iPod, but. It ends with like oh, that oh yeah oh that's the, super cheesy when yeah, his daughter's like listening to the it's, it's bad, but th- it ended with the unveiling of the iMac, which is like makes him. I I really like the the thing with the next and how he knows it's gonna fail. I think right. it's really cool. Like I don't know. I I thought the movie was very well done, and I could watch it again and again. I Do really we know it. what Aaron Sorkin's up to next? He's writing Steve Jobs Part Two. Oh right, and that's supposed to be no. Um, you know what Aaron Sorkin's up to now. Guys, yes, no. I'm so excited. What? I'm getting oh. excited. I'm getting excited. Folks. You heard on, it here first. It's on, never been this is a this is a an exclusive. It's not an exclusive because it's been it's been in the trades. This is an exclusive. Folks, I think you're familiar with the fact that NBC does live musicals. <gasps> They've been doing Ooh. they did The Wiz, um, they did Peter Pan, Fox they did, did Sound Grease. Music. Fox well, did Grease. Fox did Grease. Fox well, Grease. NBC is going to do a live production of A Few Good Men. Oh, yeah. Written by Aaron Sorkin. Wow. Which was based on the movie written by Aaron Sorkin, which was based on the play written by Aaron Sorkin. Which was based on the thought based on... Aaron. Which is based on the thought, which is based on the child by Sheila Sorkin. <laughs> um, and I am so pumped. I cannot wait to watch it. I think it will be the lowest rated one of these NBC oh, of has course. ever done. But I am very excited. That's great. Because Fugan Men is an awesome movie. No, they should do I also have, and I don't know if your listeners know this about me, but I have an unabashed love for Tom Cruise. I don't care about the Scientology stuff. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's a great leading man. And I think he's a fantastic actor. You're, he- you're hailing Xenu as you say I this. I don't care. I don't care. 
I don't care about the Scientology stuff. I know it's disgusting. What did I recently watch with him? He, I mean, he's the last <laughs> latest Mission Impossible movie, which is phenomenal. Yeah, it was alright. Mm, it's pretty great. All right. What's your favorite? What's your favorite cruise control? Is that mean what's cruise your movie? <laughs> is that mean yeah. cruise movie? Yeah. Um, fart dogs. I just oh, I just recently rewatched um, fart on me. What's it called? The uh, Minority Report. Fantastic. It's 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 good. It's 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 like a really good sci-fi movie. If if they did a couple things, it would have made it like great. Okay, I um, think it's fantastic. But it's it's really good. Um, I'll say that just because that's the only one I can think of off the, off the top. Yeah, of my head. I think it's great. But I'll watch a few good men. No, it'd be a great uh, live one if they did Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, as a live thing. Just yeah, to it see, would be. just to see those twelve guys get angry in one. You know, to see those just men. Just get, see those men. Sweaty men. Sweaty ass men getting angry. Um, yeah, I'm a huge cruise man. You're, you're... I love a good leading man. I love Russell Crowe. Wow. Love him. Awesome. Uh, I know I know he's like horrifying as a human being. Yeah, I think he's gross, right? But I love... I saw that movie a good year with Russell Crowe where What's he takes that? over his uncle's vineyard. Ugh, that sounds awful. <laughs> that sounds... And it's not good. But I was... Really I watched it in the movie theater by myself. That's really... Sad. Really sad. Yeah, it's sad. One of the Onion articles that I wrote that I love... Uh, and that sounds, I know it sounds cocky and whatever. Hey, you're the I've man done, behind Matt Albee. I've done, I've right done four be. of these podcasts. I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to Yeah, gloat. you've got, you've got a long leash. Uh, it's, uh, it's fucking loser at movies all by himself. <laughs> <laughs> and it was written by me about me. <laughs> That's great. Was it about, um, the cobble street, uh, cobble, cobble Hill theater? Cobble no, Hill it, uh, I mean, yeah. I a mean, lot in of your movies, head, in your, in the, in the, um, I think I'm seeing, or the the person I'm writing about is seeing Red Red Two. Red Two, that's yeah, really which funny. is a perfect movie that's to see by yourself, movie. like a sequel to a movie that you didn't care about in the first. That place. I also saw by myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah, is this it? I mean, Craig, this is a big deal that we like met in L.A. This is our first one doing this in L.A. I think in the, the narrative of and our time here, of our time doing these podcasts, I think this is great. We've been able to maintain this relationship for four years. I think that's a big deal. That's great. It was a big deal. We're closer to the epicenter of the show, too. I, know. I think that gives did us a new feel, energy. Did you feel like the heat? Yeah, I feel the fucking comedy gods are I know. Looking. I felt the heat. It's, hey, Tars and Bars. Tar, tars and spars. Spars and tars. Cars and gars. You Terry gars and Terry gars and, and uh, Richard Bruno Mars. Bruno Star- and and Richard Starkey. And if you didn't, if you don't know what that's from, then you didn't watch. Then that. you didn't watch the episode like you're fucking supposed to. And guys, first of all, we should <clears throat> thank that the the Twitter kept this. I mean, people wanted this. People have been asking for this. I know. There's been like uh, a, an under groundswell, groundswell, a groundswell of two to four tweets, two to four about tweets, when the yeah. next studio, about when the next Studio Sixty, it's that episode. Yeah, is and gonna just happen. because we don't respond doesn't mean. We're not we're not thinking about it. Craig is known for delivering. Oh yeah, to his fans, they call me Craig Deliverance Rowan, and that's not because I was raped in the woods. <laughs> nope, nope, that's not why. It's because you can pay, play the banjo really well. Oh yeah, and I've yeah. got weird teeth. Yeah, you do, but I still want to kiss him. Oh boy. Um, well, thanks so much. And you're, if I'm not incorrect, you're going right from this to LAX, and you're just going back. Uh, yeah, I mean, in fact, I don't even know if. I'm actually taking like a cargo plane with like animals. Okay. <laughs> but like that's the that was like the cheapest I could get. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm just like strapping in. There's no like seat or anything. It's one of those like seat belts that go across your chest. Oh, like a bungee across. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do so you want uh, some granola bars or anything? No. 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 <laughs> was that an no. Was that another ad for Stephen King's uh Yeah, see here already. <laughs> oh God! And we're talking about Simon Styles, not Scott Styles. That's right, okay, Simon Styles. Um, well, I thank you so much for to, for flying out here. I mean, this is a couple all sin told, a couple thousand bones you threw at. That's right. True. And I want to say something. Yeah. Uh, to all the fans, if Craig edits any of this, mm-hmm. I'm gonna cut his fucking balls off. What if I edit that part out? I'll be super pissed. I'll know. Okay. I I wouldn't edit a, sh- a thing, except for this part where we're kissing. Good night, 
Thank you. Good, Good night. night. Good night. Thanks again to my very special guest, Seth Reese. We're making a yearly tradition of watching some Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. We're keeping it going strong. Um, thank you for listening. If you are a fan, please leave a review. Uh, it really helps me out. If you like this, if you're still listening to this part, especially if you've made it all the way to the end, here's a secret for you. There is no secret. Just please leave a review and tell a friend. We're having a good time. More episodes coming out next week. And um, I'm just buying time. This part of the podcast is sort of a waste. So why did you listen to it? I don't know. Have a great night and an early mañana. Adios, amigos. That was a HeadGum Podcast.